Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about feminism, feminist topics, and all issues in between. Today, we are super excited to have another guest, our second guest, and this is Amanda Nickel, which is my sister-in-law. I'm so excited. Me too. Welcome. Hi, guys. (laughs) She's one of our listeners, and she is just a super awesome feminist, and she has some stories to share, so we wanted to share her wisdom. Yes, Are you super wise, Amanda? (laughs) I wouldn't say so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so I guess let's get started. How was your guys' week? How was your week, Megs? It's somebody's birthday week. It's my birthday. I'm 28. It's like a interesting time in my life because um, I'm not 30, but then I'm like so close to the brink and I don't want to turn 30. The dirty 30? I don't want to turn You don't want to do it? 30. What happens when you turn 30? <laughs> you have to grow up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happens when you turn 30. But Something different. Yeah. So I turned 28 and I had a really, really, really good birthday. And um, we yesterday we went to Discovery Park, me, Amanda, Jeff, and Desmond, and the dogs. Mm-hmm. And we did the three-mile trail, which is my type of hiking because there is no incline whatsoever. And so it's my type of hike. Perfect. (laughs) Not that much effort, but, you know, it's kind of pretty outside. So, But you're exactly. And then we went to Mam Noons and had lunch. And then we went to Molly Moons, my all-time favorite place in this entire world. And I got the blueberry lemon cheesecake. And for all Seattleites, you must go and get it ASAP. And then we went to RN74 for dinner, and we had lots of good food, good wine. We were there for, like, a super long time. So it's always fun to have a long dinner. Awesome. Well, Amanda, how was your week? Um, Well, I got to uh, come down uh, to Seattle and celebrate Megan's birthday uh, with her. So that was a really fun day yesterday. Um, Earlier in the week, uh, lots of work, unfortunately. But then last week, I got um, uh, my husband and I went on a long hike and did some backpacking and then I bought a new bike that's really cute and it's a bike that just needs a basket and I can't wait. Cool. What do you do for work? I am a psychiatric nurse um, so I work with uh, clients struggling with mental health and addiction and try and support them on their journey to recovery. That is an amazing career. It really is and what's really sad is that we don't have that in America. Yeah. No, but mental health is super important, and it's super important to be aware and to talk about it. We try to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, we do. We try to. Um, Okay, cool. So how did my week go? I'm trying to think what I did this week. I'm having it right before we went on this podcast. I was like, Desmond, what'd you do yesterday? And he was like, in Desmond's, Megan's partner, and he's like, I don't know. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean you don't know? We did like 10 hours a day of stuff, and he was like, I can't remember. Oh, I know some cool stuff. Oh, Meg, I went to yoga again this week. I used to go a lot when I lived in Colorado after school um, because they actually had this free yoga studio where you just donated like however much. I guess it wasn't free, but it was like you donated however much you could afford, like even a dollar. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went there a lot. um, And so then I went this week and it was so great. I yeah. loved it. At first, I was super skeptical because it's hot in the room no matter what. It's just kind of a really warm room in their studio. Yeah. And I don't know if that's common for all yoga places, but, like, the people came out, like, dripping in sweat. And there was a ton of people coming out of there. And it was a small room. And I was like, I might leave. Because I was just like, I don't intimidated. know. No, it was just, no, it wasn't intimidating. It's just like, I hate BO. And I hate... <laughs> In confined spaces and in human spaces, like the B.O. of other people, I was like, no, no, no. And so I was like, should I leave? It's super obvious, though, why I leave. And then I went in, and uh, and it was really warm. And at first, I like was breathing through my mouth because I was so nervous to smell B.O. But then finally, I just let it go, and I got calm. But I was like having like legitimate anxiety. Maybe she can psychoanalyze me as to why I'm having this crazy anxiety about confined spaces and B.O., but I was like, freaking out. <laughs> but I got through it, and it was great, and I want to go back again. Did you go by yourself? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
So I do that stuff a lot. I like kind of exploring by myself. But um, so I went there. Work was great. I got a lot of stuff done. It's starting to pick up at work. I'm a video producer and my shoots are starting to pick up more and more, um, which is awesome. I love being busy. Um, and then, yeah. And then yesterday I went to the Ram, which is one of my favorite favorite places. And then on Saturday, um, I went and got an eye appointment and some new glasses. Oh, nice. They're yeah. kind of like 60s vibes. Oh, Cute. cool. Yeah. And so I got those. And then I hung out with Chelsea and our friends. And Perfect. we watched um, 22 Jump Street. Have you seen that movie? No. Is it funny? It's super funny. 21 Jump Street was funny. Yeah. The second one's hilarious. Oh, good. Um, so, yeah. Um, Amanda, can we talk more about your hiking adventure? Because you have some really good stories from it. Um, Oh, yeah. Sorry. uh, Yeah, so Jeff and I, my husband and I, uh, went on a hike with two of our friends, Grace and Jordan. And uh, Jordan is an avid hiker. Um, I, I think he goes every weekend. He knows everything to do in the bush that I don't know how to do. And uh, so we went to a place called Elfin Lakes, um, just uh, near Whistler in British Columbia. And it's beautiful. We went last year. We're trying to make it an annual thing. The views are amazing um, of the mountains when you're at the top. Um, But last weekend was around when the smoke was really bad. So um, it wasn't a very good decision, I don't think. (laughs) Uh, that we went hiking. In fact, um, there was articles online about saying we shouldn't go hiking. Oh, but no. um, So for those of you who aren't from the PNW, there are terrible, terrible, terrible wildfires in oh, BC. Yeah. And so all of the smoke is coming down and settling in Seattle. And then Vancouver sounds like it's maybe multiply that by 10. And that's how bad Vancouver is. No way. Yeah. And so she was covered in smoke. Yeah, there was air quality advisories, and um, when and we got, went <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, we did debate over breakfast that morning, but we thought, like, okay, like we're gonna go for two nights. We'll try it. If anybody feels horrible, we'll head down. Um, so we went up, and um, it was terrible. Um, it was one of those things where everyone tries to have a good time, but it, everyone was miserable. Everyone's faking it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. guys, I'm having a blast. This is so, so fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I've made the comparison uh, when talking with Megan about it yesterday, just about, um, you know, when you approach farm animals and they're covered in flies? Yeah. Um, that was us. The oh. smoke kept the bugs so close to the ground that um, they were just swarming us. Oh, they were literally. getting stuck behind. I our, thought you like, were thinking of a metaphor with cows. <laughs> no, literally, oh like, the, like I couldn't wear my sunglasses because the flies were getting trapped behind my glasses. And um, we just thought when we got to the top, it would improve. But... Um, it did not. So <laughs> we only lasted one night. Um, we headed back down and we ended up just going to um, Howe Street Brewing and having beers instead. So that was a little better. But the sad part is, is that they had this trip planned for so long. Mm-hmm. And then the smoke happened, you know, obviously after the trip was planned. And so it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to cancel. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you probably should. Yeah. So we and we had bought some new backpacking gear too, some oh, new bags no. and mats. So we just need to go again. We just need to. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. still, it's like a bummer that it's kind of a waste. Yeah. But it was good bonding, lots of laughs. Um, commiserating. Good story. You got yeah. to tell it on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we got to commiserate with all the other hikers that we would see who were also trying to pretend like it was fun. But um, we all agreed. <laughs> no fun was had. Yeah. And they have, have you ever gotten bit by a horse fly, Kins? Mm. I don't think we have them in Texas. I think yeah, we, we do. We do? Yeah. And it hurts really bad, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were horse no, flies biting them all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the first bite, would be like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Going back down the mountain. I counted on one of Jeff's shoulder, shoulders, um, 16 bites oh on my just God. one shoulder. Yeah. Poor it was, dude. Yeah, it was bad. Rough. But uh, So, yeah, we'll go again. Yeah. So, moral of the story, get those fires out up there. Yeah, and just like. Just yesterday was the first day we saw blue sky, which was really nice in about two weeks. So, yeah, we haven't even. I saw Rainier for the first time in a while yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. of all this. Rainier's our little volcano up here. It's so mm-hmm. sad. I'm really sad about these fires. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it's one. It's devastating for Canada. Two. It's like, and this is a very minor thing, so I don't mean to like take yeah, it, but it. but like Seattle doesn't get a lot of summer, so it's kind of yeah. a bummer that like three mm-hmm. or four weeks of the summer is like smoke covered in smoke yeah so we talked a little bit about your career um Mm -hmm. do you think that your career defines you as a person 
I don't. Um, I'm uh, really making a conscious effort in the last couple of years to make sure that I not define my by my career because I feel like when I was younger, I was so career driven and that was the focus. And now I'm trying to make it more about life and how, um, you know, the things that I enjoy uh, in my life are sort of supplemented and obviously like paid for by my work, but certainly um, trying to pull the focus away from my work. So I work with a lot of nurses who um, absolutely um, feel like their nursing career defines them. And I'm just, I enjoy what I do. I love working with my clients and I feel blessed to hear their stories and, and be a part of that journey. But certainly, um, you know, it is still work. And so just trying to compartmentalize, keep that at work and then um, fill my life with more things that bring me joy than simply just work. I have, um, so I have an issue doing that and I think it's because I feel like I have to overcompensate as a feminist. Mm -hmm. Like, is that why you think we're so defined by it? Because I feel like I have to like be defined and be strong in my career to overcompensate and to be, to say that I'm strong Mm -hmm. because like, but I feel like it shouldn't be that way. I should just live life as a person, not thinking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I think, um, uh, I'm not sure if it's myself or women in general, but just the um, need to sort of impress people by our career success or, um, you know, job titles that sound impressive. And um, I think I'm just really, yeah, trying to focus on or trying to relearn the fact that, like, my career success isn't impressive to anybody else except for maybe, like, the people I work with at the most. But... I mean, we were talking last night and um, just saying, like, you know, my husband, like, uh, not terribly impressed by my career success. I think he's, <laughs> you know, he's happy to hear about it and it's interesting to him. But I think um, if I were to sink my teeth into something else, um, he would be equally interested and impressed. And um, so when I'm trying to look for, like, you know, love and connectedness in my life, work doesn't do that for me. And, um, you know, I love even my colleagues, but they don't do it for me either. And it's just about trying to find that elsewhere. Yeah. Really cool. That's a good insight. Kins, I think we maybe put it on ourselves and we're like making our careers out to be something bigger than they are. Do you know what I mean? We're putting yeah. this pressure on ourselves to like be defined by being a journalist or being a CPA or whatever. I feel like in my head, like I like want to make a footprint in the world because actually, and I don't know what your religious beliefs are, Amanda, but I feel like in my eyes, I'm agnostic. So the one chance I get is like making heaven on earth, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm defined more in my head by what I do while I'm here, I feel like. Mm. And so I feel like I have to make a big impact while I'm here to be a good person and to leave some sort of mark if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, yeah. And I think um, the drive to do that is huge. I think especially um, for our generation, um, it feels like, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but uh, the the impact of trying to make the most and be as present as we can be in what we're doing. I think that's healthier, though. I hope so. I hope so. What do you think as a psychiatric nurse <laughs> she's probably like Kenzie I'm not like a genius about yeah, every mind yeah, yeah, I'm like but I want to know everything <laughs> tell me why I do everything that I do <laughs> I can't do that <laughs> um, but certainly I think uh, there's value in just like listening to what feels good for us and and I think it's a hard lesson to learn and one that certainly I'm still learning and um, I don't think they talk I don't feel like in my experience growing up was um, taught to us enough to listen to ourselves and our feelings and what feels good for us and our bodies. And um, it's more about like, what do you want to be? And like, and it's more focused on external um, rewards. Rewards. Maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe that's another reason. Yeah. I have another factor. I don't know. Yeah. But certainly I, I think it's a hard thing to unlearn. It's a hard thing to disregard Um, You know, we were talking about career changes and all of a sudden, if you weren't to be a CPA, like what that would mean. Um, And as much as I don't feel like I'm defined by my career, I do like being able to say that I'm a psychiatric nurse. Right. Right. And like I stress because I still I love being a video producer and I now create educational content, which I think education is one of the most important things on earth. But like I still like feel the need to be like, I'm also a journalist. Right. To like throw it in there like, yeah, I didn't give up on this or yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, deep stuff, guys. Deep. <laughs> We're getting deep again. Um, okay, so let's see. We're going to do a flash. Should we just do every other question where you ask one question I ask the other? Okay. Okay, cool. Or did, did you have a thing in mind? No. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, great. Um, so flashbacks to prior episodes. So tell us a time that a woman empowered you. Um, I, yeah, I was thinking about this one, and... Um, at first, I was going to give sort of a, an answer about, like, I, I don't feel like there's any one woman who empowered me, but I feel like lots of women have. Um, and then I was talking with my husband, and um, I'll take us way back to, I think I was, uh, was I in grade 10? How old does that make you? Like 15? That be, I think that'd be 15 or 16. Yeah, so I was like 15 or 16 um, in high school, and um, I uh, was, you know, childhood drama I was uh trying to uh, one of my friends was getting picked on by a group of girls and so I was trying to be peacekeeper um and explain the situation I just felt like there was like a miscommunication between the two of them and I was just trying to sort it out um thinking that that would help things it didn't um I ended up getting in um a bit of a fist fight with the the um the other girl and Note to um, self, don't mess with Amanda. Well, no. Here's, here's the thing: like, um, growing up, very like, um, very quiet. Didn't really like have much of a voice. Never got into fights. Like, this was not my thing. It was so out of character. Um, so I was terrified. But like, I felt I actually physically was backed into a corner, and then just like, I don't know, instincts took over, and so we got into a bit of a fight and uh I was terrified after because I had never also never been in trouble in school and this was happening like in our like high school foyer uh do you guys use that word foyer 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 yeah yeah he's American (laughs) (laughs) foyer Foyer sounds like super classy (laughs) we're just like foyer (laughs) (laughs) and um so then immediately the principal came out and we both had to go to the principal's office and got sent home with like suspension slips and I was terrified to tell like my parents first Uh, I made my best friend Lindsay um go home with me so that I I don't know I thought that that would be like armor for me (laughs) and anyway so um fast forward to the next day uh I had to go to school and meet with the school counselor and her name was uh and um she actually like said like hey you know from a school counselor perspective I have to say what you did was wrong um you shouldn't have done it she's like but she's like as a woman and as a mom what you did was great she's like you stood up for yourself like you really held your own and she's like I don't think that girl's gonna mess with you anymore nice yeah wow it was uh, it was the first time in my life that somebody had actually like said to me like hey you can stand up for yourself and it'll be okay so that's uh, so cool yeah that's a good story so on episode two, we talked about catcalling, and <laughs> for some reason, people seem to really like that episode. People really like catcalling, and they really like episode six, where we're just like, bah, our lives are crazy, and we did crazy stuff in our 20s. Yeah, Cody, my best friend, posed me an interesting question. He goes, if the man was super attractive. Oh, oh and catcalling, would it make a difference? Yeah, I don't think it would. For me, it wouldn't genuinely hmm. i'm being serious i, I would kind of be still too. pissed yeah so i have a interesting cat calling story i texted you kins about it yeah so i was walking cooper and um minding my own business and this man stops and looks me up and down this was like two days ago and he goes oh my gosh i'm so horny mm. yeah that one Ew. is it nasty. makes me want to throw up in my mouth that one is nasty men out there please do not do that do not i don't know on what planet like people feel that would be okay or even appealing to hear i know so some feminists think that catcalling is okay and that we should accept it but amanda it sounds like you (laughs) agree more with me and kenzie i really do i feel like it um is disrespectful i feel like it it um intentionally puts women in an uncomfortable position where we are required to respond and we don't know what the appropriate response is so it actually makes us doubly uncomfortable because if we respond in a way that we're standing up for ourselves and saying please don't disrespect me like that we're labeled then as bitch or you know I was just joking can't you take a joke etc but um you know if we what what are we supposed to do smile um thank you right I, I don't know what the appropriate response is so I feel like it just yeah is very uh, creepy it makes my skin crawl like yeah. I, if yeah. you were attracted to the man that did it would that make a difference to you 
I don't think so. Like, if my husband had ever catcalled me, I would, yeah, peace out. I don't. <laughs> okay, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, do, can you remember a story about a time that you had, you've been catcalled? Yeah, and, um, yeah, so just, and it usually happens when I'm by myself. Like, it never seems to happen. Right. You know, you know, when I feel like I'm in the company of other women and, you know, maybe that would be more comfortable, but certainly. No, I feel like even like it's less when a man's there. So men don't believe you that this happens yes, so often. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so um, I was actually walking um, our dog Fritz uh, not too long ago, maybe like two weeks ago, just down our street. And somebody driving by in a vehicle slowed and just like whistled out the car. And I'm like, well, like. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, like, what? why? Why extend your energy that way? Like, it's not like we're going to have some sort of positive interaction. It's just sort of, um, I don't know. It puts, like, whatever is going on for him, like, onto me, and it's just creepy. Yeah. Like, so then I just want to hustle inside and get, like, get out of there because it's not comfortable. Yeah. What do you think the reason men do it is? Oh, gosh. We were thinking, like, know. some sort of sexual satisfaction of some sort. But we think that whenever it's like a group of men, maybe two or three men, like in a truck slowing down, mm-hmm. they like egg each other on a yes. little bit. And it's maybe like testosterone yes. fueling. Like a power thing. Uh, I don't know. But sometimes they do it individually. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure the reason other than like, uh, yeah, just the egging each other on. I don't know. I'm not. I'm curious if um, Desmond and Jeff ever catcalled, like when they were like oh. 17 or, you know, when you're if that If we ever young, have a straight man on our podcast. We should ask them if they ever catcalled. Yeah. Or a gay I, man. Yeah. Have women ever, like, do, do women? I had a, that one story. Yeah. yeah I had a, oh, I, I walked outside of an LGBTQ club and I was just walking past it. Like it was in the middle of the day, but a lady whistled at me. Yeah. I'm really curious if like anybody yeah. that we've dated oh I'm sure I I'm have sure. I've dated some horrible people so I'm sure but my husband not so That's I hope that he, <laughs> I hope that he will say he hasn't but we'll find yeah, out there's probably one or two of the dudes I can think of that probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so have you ever been stereotyped yeah, I think so. Um, we yeah, we were sort of chatting about this a little bit this morning. Um, I think uh, I you know I'm the first person to get emotional um, about most things in life, and um, I think for a lot of people that comes across as like weak or like not able to stand up for myself or um, you know too sensitive things like that. But um, the older they get, I get like the more I've certainly like honed my abilities to articulate my feelings and articulate my asks of other people. And so I think um, for the people that I've come into contact with that are that know me well, they know that um, certainly um, you know being weak and uh, like a pushover is not part of my. Uh, character makeup but I think certainly like uh, being emotional and coming across as like sensitive and compassionate can um, lend itself to people thinking that I'm I've thought that so many times yeah 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 um I had a friend and I'm no longer friends with them because it was one of those friendships I talked about that like you just grow out of and it's not meant to be Mm -hmm. um and it's not positive for your adulthood you know Mm -hmm. um and they would always be like they were very that person was known as being a jerk and everyone knew them as like kind of an asshole. They had no idea they were known as that, (laughs) but they everyone thought that. And I, it was like one of those friends that I had been friends with for a long time. So I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and I just put up with it, but they would always be like, well, you're just a pushover. You're so type B you don't like, you always like bend over. I'm like, no, there's a difference between sticking up for yourself and always just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I was like, I am compassionate, but like, if it calls for it, I will stick up for myself. But I feel like you should be few and frequent when that should be done. So I feel like when I say something that actually means like mm-hmm. you're doing something, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like there's more power behind it when you're not always like being confrontational but yeah. when yeah when so I yeah I get that that's how you feel like yeah I think so and actually um it was a book by I think it was Cheryl Strayed um love her um but she was saying that um for her like being emotional is more just like hey I'm present and I'm noticing what's going on 
and you're, so I was like, you're empathetic yeah and so I was like oh I like that there's more power to that than like oh you're just being emotional right yes Amanda girl you're deep (laughs) (laughs) in episode six we talked about the quarter life crisis we think it's a real thing we think that in your 20s you go through times of depression stress and anxiety due to maybe having pressure on you with your career with your finances or with your relationships Mm -hmm. what was your what were your 20s like and did you go through a quarter life crisis um, I, yeah, I think that my twenties were filled with all of that. Um, lots of, uh, anxiety and pressure to figure out like who you're going to be and feeling like there's these milestones you're supposed to hit at certain ages and then they come and go and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm behind the eight ball. And, um, you know, when you're a kid, it feels like, oh, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to have like, you know, a house and a picket fence and like two kids and like, I'm 34 and I don't have any of those things and that is okay. (laughs) Um, But certainly, yeah, there's a lot of um, pressure to figure it out then without a lot of skills to really figure it out um, or a lot of time. So um, certainly like my 20s was about figuring out what I wanted to do with my career. That's when I went back to school. I had initially gone to school for um, psychology Hmm. um, and, uh, you know, shout out to the psychologists that I know. They're great. But uh, I was actually two years deep into going to school for psychology um, to become a psychologist and I was in the back of a cab and the cab driver was telling me about how he also has a degree in psychology and wasn't able to use it so started driving taxis so that was sort of like a a wake-up call for me to maybe make some changes that you know thinking it wasn't that easy to get into the career I was looking for Um, so I ended up doing like a bunch of different things for work and then um, going back to school for uh, psychiatric nursing um, which was huge for me. I uh, loved it. Uh, that's where I met my husband was in um, nursing college. So that was huge. Um, you know, narrowing down my focus for what I want in a partner cer- certainly happened in my 20s. Um, I already said, you know, I dated a few different uh, people in my 20s and uh, really got to figure out what it was I liked and didn't like uh, or didn't like. So that um, led me to, to Jeff, which was uh, very helpful. But I think um, overall 20s, like, Uh, are about um, yeah like shedding other people's like ideals and values about like who you're supposed to be and all those like external pressures and just sort of like coming into your own which I'm still like doing in my 30s I think it's like you know a lifelong thing no Amanda as soon as you turn 30 you figure it out that's what I was telling you earlier today yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah just wait for the day you turn 30 (laughs) you figured it out yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah Megan look forward to it yeah (laughs) Your 30th birthday, I look forward to a conversation. Yeah. So um, when you said that you were in psychology, mm-hmm. I've heard, because I really, really like psychology Ooh, as well. Too. That was a fun class. It was so fun. And like I was sitting in it, and I was in accounting as well. And I was like, why am I doing accounting? Like, this mm. is amazing. And it's so interesting. And I would love to do this. And the reason that I didn't was because of accounting I knew that I was going to have a job I knew exactly how much Mm -hmm. money I was going to make I knew exactly what my pay I'm not gonna say exactly but I had a really good idea about what pay raise I was going to make each year and then with psychology it's like oh crap like am I going to go get my master's like you pretty much have to get your master's right you do yeah maybe even you have to get your doctorate even yeah and so so it's it's just like a really scary thing can I ask you what's, uh, just because I the terms confuse me, what's the difference between psychology and psychiatric work where you're a psychiatric uh, nurse? What does that, can you care, do you do yeah. similar things or? Yes and no. I mean, um, both, uh, you know, can work with this population but work differently. So in psychology, you do a lot more um, therapy, mm-hmm. um, whereas uh, as a psychiatric nurse, it's more treatment oriented. So uh, more like uh, group therapy based, um, supporting with uh, psychiatric medications, um, just supporting clients with their specific goals on a day-to-day basis, whereas psychology like more in-depth, maybe dealing with like previous trauma or um, learn skills, so um, like behavior therapies, things like that. Um, so it's a much more honed skill set for psychology, whereas psychiatric nursing is a bit more broad. Um, psychology does not involve medications typically, Psychi- psychiatry will. Um, so very different in that regard. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was just curious. Okay. So, what are your favorite beauty products? <laughs> and just to switch it on. Yeah. What are your favorite three favorite beauty products that you cannot live without? 
We kind of did that on purpose. Episode six was a doozy, and then episode seven was like, we got to lighten this up. Yeah, yeah, so I picked uh, three things that I use every day because I love them. Um, The first is a a moisturizer that I just started using about a month ago, but I love it. I feel like it's so hard to find one that... uh, moisturizes but doesn't leave you greasy etc etc oh 100 agree um so this one's by drunk elephant which is um the best name ever (laughs) very cute um and it's called b hydra intensive hydration gel um but it's got pineapple in it so it also exfoliates while you're using it Mm. um and uh it's cruelty free which is something i'm trying to switch as i like run out of old products over to products that are cruelty free um so that brand is um, um where did you get it from i'm curious if it's just a canadian thing oh i don't i i don't know i got it from sephora in canada so oh. i'm not sure if it's from i've never like, seen that brand yeah have you? Mm, i've never seen it but maybe at no. sephora i wonder if they have it yeah maybe. yeah we have sephora's too um, is sephora canadian based no mm-hmm. it's america mm-hmm. oh, okay yeah i remember one time um long ago we didn't have Sephora in Canada and my girlfriend and I came down to Seattle and we were so excited to go to Sephora like, <laughs> oh, we just so like fun. picked up those little baskets like filled them with all sorts of it is a good time but yeah two other products also cruelty free um cool. this uh Anastasia brow whiz I use every day even on like non-makeup days brows do look good thank you <laughs> um so I use it in taupe um, because I'm pretty fair, so it's a lighter brown. Um, mm. Love it. And then Bare Minerals Complexion Rescue is like a, I don't know if you call it like a BB cream, a CC cream, but it's really light. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like all over, hydrating, uh, has some tint to it, and it also has SPF, so I use that every day. Um, is all Bare Minerals cruelty-free or just that one specifically? I think it's all Bare Minerals. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, now, our, you haven't heard our episode yet, because mm-hmm. we haven't even edited it yet, um, or I haven't, um, but, so I was embarrassed to admit it, but it's something I'm trying new, and I just want to see what other people think about it. You know what I'm going to say? No. Shaving. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, apparently, celebrities in Hollywood, women shave their face i heard this like for, to exfoliate yeah. and just to like purely put on the makeup really well wow. i've started doing it and what do you think i mean like <laughs> feel I'm, my face like i take all the peach fuzz off and i feel like the I mean, only place you can maybe feel it is right there oh just a little bit but the rest like i would never tell yeah like, and so it's like these little like it's called a the racer's name is weird, but it's for your it's for women's face to get the peach fuzz off, and it's called um, tinkle. <laughs> so this is interesting. So, I mean, men have been shaving their faces for I don't know how long, and now we that, have hair on our face. All yeah. women do. It's peach fuzz, though. Sure, yeah, but now they have a specific women's razor. Yeah, is it more expensive naturally than a regular men's? No, razor? and I kind of I don't I actually sometimes don't get my eyebrows waxed because I, I can pluck them really well mm-hmm. naturally and so I just have always done it and I've always been in this shape of my eyebrow so I just haven't changed it because I think it looks fine but um, I've been also using it around my eyebrows too. Oh, that's risky. What if you... Uh, <laughs> it <slip>. is risky. <laughs> no, do it 100% when you're awake not yeah. when you just like wake up and you're like um, yeah. or sober. <laughs> But yeah, no, I love it because I get peach fuzz. Yeah, I do Everyone too. Everyone does. Yeah. You know what? I read an article recently about Marilyn Monroe that she was asked to um, remove, I guess she had quite a bit of peach fuzz and she was asked to uh, remove it with whatever hair removal was around at that time. And she refused because she said that it gave her this like soft glow in photos that oh. other women couldn't um, replicate. So more, pa- cool. more power to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this yeah. Tinkle razor is yeah. actually cheap. It's like $5 yeah. for a three pack. Oh. And it's really tiny. So the difference is that. I don't know what that's that... converted to Canadian money. Maybe oh, $8. That's yeah. probably like dollars so um, they're, they're just like really tiny and then the the blade is just this tiny little thing so and then it kind of looks like a it's as long as a pencil about and so you have mm-hmm. like a lot of room to oh hmm. yeah um, I was asking about cost because um, it's something that infuriates me like um, women shaving their legs like a Gillette razor uh, versus a Gillette or Gillette female versus Gillette men is going to be more 
expansive and more dull than the male <laughs> version and it just doesn't make sense to me like why, why? they should be the exact same price right yeah. yeah and so this little razor is not that much wow tinkle did it right unlike gillette Yes, oh, Gillette. shots fired at Gillette. Oh, man. Oh, man. oh, man. We are not going to get ads from them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We shouldn't accept it. <laughs> so now I wrote in my notes, shift to serious stuff with Megan interviewing serious. you. It's like, I mean, it's deep. It's deep stuff. But um, the reason that I initially, well, I wanted you on this podcast because I love you and because I, I think too. that... You're very well spoken and Cheers. you um, mm. have a really good head on your shoulders and you've oh, got this you. shit down. Ooh. But something that I really wanted to focus on this podcast, which you've brought up with me in the past, is that your dad gave you a completely different set of rules <laughs> than your brother Desmond. He and sure Desmond, did. let's give context. Did we explain that you're Desmond's sister already? I said he, she's my sister in law. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Desmond's my boyfriend, my life partner. Yes. And Part Amanda is Desmond's sister, very close in age, about mm-hmm. a uh, year and a half? A year and a bit apart, yeah. So, man, your mom popped him out one of She the got other. down on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you mentioned this to me, I was just like, this is insane. I've never met somebody who has completely different set of rules. Sometimes it can be due to age, right? If there's mm-hmm. a really big sure. age gap, you're going to have different rules. As you get older, then you'll have the same rules that your sister or brother did when they were that age. But you guys were practically the exact same age, if you think about it. Absolutely, yeah. We had, like, the same group of friends. Um, yeah. Every, yeah. I, From my perspective, it's weird because I only had a sister, and then Megan's an only child, so, like... I don't know. I don't, I've never asked my girlfriends who have brothers what it's mm. like. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, first I find it interesting that I guess I never really thought about it, but maybe my brother never shared with you that there was a different set of rules. So it's interesting that it's clearly more impactful to me than it is to him. Definitely. Uh, to have these different sets of rules. But um, yeah, so growing up, um, uh, you know, I think my dad really pers- like ascribed to... Um, gender roles like pink and blue jobs so um yeah to put it blatantly sorry um so right, we're next to sirens if you can pick yeah. up on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're in downtown seattle for this yeah. one <laughs> um so uh you know i was supposed to be like cleaning and learning how to cook whereas like i wasn't allowed to like literally wasn't allowed to um mow the lawn or shovel the snow in the driveway from canada um <laughs> And so uh, there was that, certainly. Um, and I... Why? Can I'm, I'm going to be interrupting you here and there. Sure. Why? Why, um, why is that different? Why is it a good question? I would ask, and I never got a clear answer. It just is, because I said so. Yeah, so um, good segue, because I also feel like my brother was able to ask pointed questions and have more of a voice and challenge my father, whereas... I wasn't really, um, really encouraged to do that. It was just accept what um, my dad said. So if Desmond asked your father why, mm-hmm. he would get an answer. That's my perception. I don't know if my brother would wholeheartedly agree, but certainly it felt that way wow. to me. Um, and so things, so um, you know, little things like uh, I had to be home earlier than my brother did, um, and I was given the reason because I was a girl. Um, and so I also had to be more explicit about exactly where I was going when I was going out with friends. I had, you know, I'm going to be here for this time to this time, and then we're going to go th- do this, et cetera. And whereas my brother could just be like, going out, see you later. <laughs> and uh, it was aggravating and, um, you know, just really challenging. And I would even, like, so say my dad would say, like, you know, um, I was probably, like, gosh, like, 16 and he'd be like you have to be home at nine o'clock and I'd be like well like what about 9 30 and he'd be like how about 8 30 um so that oh was how uh, our conversations went and whereas my brother just yeah again like I'm going out see you later and um did he have did he have to be home by like midnight or just whenever um I I think it was a set time but it was certainly later it was later um and if he didn't meet curfew that was okay whereas if I didn't meet curfew I wasn't able to go out the following day really yeah and um was that explicitly said uh it was shown it like they didn't you know we didn't sit down to dinner and talk about how things are going to be different because he's a boy and I'm a girl but it was 
it was definitely evident mm-hmm. in um and how we were treated and I think you know what uh, I think my my dad just described to these I think that's how he was raised was that um you know men are uh you know able or safer out on their own um you know he gave me this impression that like being a female and being out was very dangerous and um yeah which is so bizarre to me um but you know and our punishments would be different for things like so I was telling a story to Megan about um we must have been like we were young we were in a small town where you know there wasn't much to do so unfortunately people did um you know go like they started drinking young and things like that, drinking alcohol. And um, so my brother, I had, my brother had came home one night and was clearly past curfew and was intoxicated. And that was cool. My dad was just like, oh, yeah, good night. Have a good sleep. And then <laughs> like a year later, like found out that I had been uh, drinking alcohol and I was grounded for longer than a month. So just very, very different. And then Desmond was just like, oh, And cool. you were the s- same age. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was super, I mean, super interesting, um, frustrating at the time. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think my dad just didn't know any better. That's what I like to think. Yeah. Tell about the time that he came to the pool. Oh, like he would sometimes check up on me to make sure that I was like where I said I was going. Like if I said I was, I'm going to like swim night with friends, he would be there to check that I was there. Do you feel like, and I am definitely a feminist, so I think everything he did was wrong, (laughs) but do you feel like there's any validity Mm. to the fact that women have to be more intimidated to go out? We don't have to be, and it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't. But I know that I won't go on a run when it's dark. Mm. And I know men don't think about that. Do you think (sighs) there's any validity to that fear? I think that fear breeds fear in us women I feel like um you know it created this sense that I should be fearful of things and that I'm not able to handle situations on my own if I don't have a man there um and you know maybe that's a societal thing maybe that's just like a me thing but certainly Mm. um I don't feel like there's that much to fear maybe I wouldn't go for a run at night either but I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's fair to say that every man would too. I don't know. I've I've expressed it to like men in my life that I don't go on night runs for that specific reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I've been in the news. I, I saw a lot of like female treatment and that's actually going to be a future episode, like rape culture. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, which is going to be a deep one. <laughs> but, you know, it's... It, you know, I don't know. I, I feel scared. I feel scared to go at nighttime and I feel scared to be in the city by myself. Like when Megan and I were walking actually the other night earlier this week, um, we were walking to get dinner and we passed like a bunch of places where it was just Megan and I and I was like scared subconsciously. I didn't like voice it, but I was still scared. Walking. Really? Mm-hmm. Even in the daylight? Mm-hmm. I think that that one, I probably, whenever I first moved here, I probably was in the same shoes as you, but that one you get over. Like once you're in the city long enough, yeah. you yeah. just like, don't think about it. I don't know. And I think maybe too, like there's um, a way to go about it. Like instead of just transferring fears, like transferring my dad's fears for my safety onto me, maybe just empowering me to make smart decisions and, um, empowering me to do what I needed to do to be safe would be You're setting right. me up for better success than telling me just that to I be can't afraid all the time. handle myself. Maybe just articulate the fact that rape is real. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. a real thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, but like not even rape, sexual harassment, it could be anything, but like we get sexually harassed by catcalling when we're by yourself, mm-hmm. but just kind of educating you that it's there, but how to prevent it or how to fight like go to karate I don't know yeah Mm -hmm. like how to defend yourself rather than how to be scared of it yeah yeah he could have bought you some pepper spray yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) didn't Desmond sometimes have to if you were out he would have to walk to where you were and walk you home then um I don't remember that did maybe I think Desmond told me that yeah Mm -hmm. maybe that if you were out and then your dad would be like go pick up Amanda because you were probably just down the street or something yeah, and then like, he would have to walk in. Interesting. Maybe, yeah, I mean, could very well be and I just don't remember. Um, but, I mean, we're in a small town. I mean, it's, 
maybe a cougar would get me, but like not like like an actual animal cougar. Yeah. Um, but not like, yeah, there was nothing really to be terrified of. So. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did your mom ever confront your dad about these differences? Uh, no, I think like, you know, I think my mom had a pretty good idea of who she was marrying and, you know, ascribed also to the same rules. Um, she So she defended your father? Um, not overtly, but she didn't challenge it either. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think people who, like my father, would surround themselves by people who abide by his set of rules. And so that's what he did. And um, for a time, my mom also ascribed to those rules in order to keep the peace. You know, she knew what she signed up for a little bit. And, um, you know, certainly. Do you think she did, though? Because mm. she didn't, you guys didn't have kids whenever they were first married. So I wonder right. if she didn't know what she was signing up for. Yeah, and maybe I should clarify, like, I'm not saying that in a a judgmental way, um, but more just, I think she was aware of what she needed to do to keep peace in order to, you know, like, she, Mm -hmm. she was happy to follow the, not happy, she, she did what she needed to do in order to um, have a smooth evening. Yeah. So did she kind of just ignore it and just act like it wasn't happening or she wouldn't say anything? Yeah, she was not the, um, the rule maker or enforcer out of the two parents it was certainly my dad and if you know something happened it was like oh we need you know your dad needs to talk to you so would you ever talk to your mom and what did you ever say mom this is really unfair like if it was just you um, you and your mom alone um not really like as a kid honestly I was just taught either directly or indirectly or learned learned this behavior of not challenging what was going on just you kind of things. just thought it was life maybe yeah like you just thought that's the way it was a little bit like as I got older it was frustrating and I would try and challenge it but that actually complicated things for me so um just sort of like learn behavior not to challenge it at that time in my life so when you were dating were there different rules for dating oh I didn't even talk to my parents about dating like that was something I did they bring up did your dad say you're not allowed to date until something or um probably I think actually when I was really young I had said like oh am I allowed to have a boyfriend and it was no and I was like okay well I'll just keep that a secret then like (laughs) (laughs) so just like learn behavior um but yeah no never really like discussed relationships even like as I was going growing up um did Desmond discuss his dating and relationships I don't think so because he had a high school girlfriend Mm -hmm. um I yeah nothing past the surface of like yeah we're dating that's Hmm. Did I mean, she come over and have dinner with y'all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But did your boyfriend, did you have a high school boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And did he come over and have dinner with mm-hmm. Oh. Really? No. Uh, but, different. Uh, but keep in mind, uh, sorry, um, my parents split up when I was about 15 or 16 too. But I felt like I was old enough to kind of have a good understanding of why they were splitting up. And I was like, more power to you, mom. And um, so it was like a good, a good thing. Um, but... Uh, my brother had his girlfriend over after they had split up like so not like before like that wasn't really a thing we did um but afterwards like my mom was certainly like she's like warm and loving and loves to have people over and and feed people food as you know yes um so (laughs) um certainly I think that made things more comfortable yeah cool Mm mm-hmm um what I can't read me (laughs) how has this impacted you in your adult life oh um well, I think initially, uh, like, so on a pendulum of, like, accept everything that's going on around you and don't challenge anything and, like, all the way on the other side, like, challenge everything and be confrontational, I probably initially swung full full tilt the other way and yeah. was, um, you know, just, like, fighting my voice and not realizing that being assertive, like, meant being... Um, that you were able to be assertive while still being calm and respectful and mindful and sensitive. So swung the other way probably for a couple of years as a teenager, which I think, you know, maybe that's just it's a normal, byproduct of being yeah. a teenager. Um, and then now have really just like, um, you know, over the years, like really honed um, what it is that's important to me, um, my voice, like making sure that I give space for that. Um, I surround myself with people who allow me to do that or who are receptive when I ask them to do that. Um, yeah, I really surround myself by like open-minded people, people who are like, um, yeah, happy for me to have a voice, um, and, um, yeah, super respectful. So I, I really feel like I 
make a concerted effort to make sure that my voice is heard like in every interaction I mean like Jeff knows I like to talk to things or talk things to death sometimes <laughs> yeah um to make sure that like I'm very clear and also that he's able to be very clear and sort of what we want um out of a situation or or a circumstance so I feel like it's actually um like helped me um sort of like find very that cool. place mm-hmm. yeah that's good yeah. So this kind of leads me into the next question because mm-hmm. Desmond Desmond and I don't want to have kids, but we always say, oh, what if we had a daughter? Would you give her the super mm. strict set of rules? And he's like, yes, of course. A woman belongs in the home. And he's Please. like totally kidding. but Because yeah, he knows it will knows, grind your gears. Yeah, yeah, and he knows that Amanda is going to be on this podcast talking about it. And so <laughs> he's just yeah. like, yeah. Our our son doesn't have to have any roles at all, but the girl she can't she has to be home by seven, and he just like <laughs> eggs it on nonstop. That's yeah. so funny. And so I was curious if you and Jeff have ever talked about it, and if you guys were to have kids, if you've talked about establishing rules and what that would look like if it was a boy versus a girl. Um, I don't think we've talked about it like explicitly. I think. Um, you know, certainly Jeff knows like where I come from and that I would, that equality is very important to me. Um, and I think also like he really admires my, um, drive to always like talk about the, uh, unspeakable issues and make sure we're speaking about exactly what needs to be spoken and addressing things like head on and not really shying away from that. So, um, which I, I, I love that he admires that about me. So I would hope that he would also like want that for a daughter and also for a man. I think you can teach a young man to encourage the women around him and himself to have a voice and, you know, maybe like challenge gender stereotypes, like encourage like a young man or a young boy to, um, express his emotions and that that's okay and not to have no shame around it, but just everyone just like be themselves. Yeah, because yeah. there is sexist things on a men. Like, yeah. there is, like, you can't be sensitive. You can't yeah. enjoy looking good. Like, presenting mm-hmm. you, or you'll be too feminine if you like spending time on how you look. You know, there's a lot of things that kind of differentiate, you know? Mm-hmm. It's true. Absolutely. We talk a lot about them, like, uh, for women, and I think maybe they're more overt for women, but certainly um, there's lots of things, even like about body image for men or, um, yeah, certainly, you know, you spoke Kenzie about appearance, like any man who spends time on their appearance. I remember growing up as a teenager and like the first guy I knew that had waxed his eyebrows, like everybody was like, they looked fantastic by the way, but everybody was making fun of him. Like, you know, especially his bros were calling him out for having his eyebrows done. And like the women were like, they look great. You just wanted to have cool eyebrows. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I do just want to look nice. That's good. That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, the hope is that we would be able to, you know, figure things out in order to be equal. And actually, um, my best friend, Lindsay, uh, her and her husband do a fantastic job. They have one son and one daughter. Mm. And seeing them empower their kids to be their true selves and ask all the questions and challenge the adults uh, in the room is um, certainly, like, good good people to learn lessons from. So. Yeah, and I just I just have things to relate from from my experience. Like when I was little, it wasn't like stress. Like you have to like princesses and stuff. Like we love Disney. We had Disney throughout the house, so princesses were a part of it. But like I also had Hot Wheels, and I I nice. had a huge collection of Hot Wheels that I freaking loved when I was little. <laughs> yeah. And then I pretended instead of being Nala from the movie Simba Nala, I thought Simba was more cool and powerful and spunky. And so I always pretended I was Simba. Oh, cool. Good choice. And my my parents yeah. never said that was weird they never yeah. yeah you know what I did whenever I was little mine's different I'm a super super girly girl so I did not have <laughs> hot wheels but whenever I was in the store there was like an african-american baby with black skin and then a white baby with white skin and I was like mom I want the one with darker skin and my mom was like okay and nice. so I just had all of, I had like a couple of babies with different colored skin and I just that think that should be how it is yeah. yeah yeah I picked out talking about that I picked out all the like I liked the Asian dolls so mm-hmm. my mom would always get me little Asian baby dolls Aww. instead of you know yeah white. I just like them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's good you should have everyone yeah mm-hmm. rather than being like oh you have blonde hair so you need to get the blonde one or yeah you, you know should I mean? never say that to a child yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. He's just placing down the law. Never say that to children. (laughs) Um, One of our friends um, had 
uh, also a young boy and a young girl and she when they were younger um got them got netflix specifically so that her kids never saw commercials because she didn't want her kids to see that girls were only playing with my little pony and boys were only playing with trucks so she was trying to create this equality amongst her two kids just that they could do could play with hot wheels and things like but recognizing also that you know um media and commercials are so influential to kids she didn't want her kids to see that so i thought that was kind of an interesting strategy that yeah. is a really cool and thing. personally and I, I get where people are coming from a little bit but like target did this initiative i think target's done a lot of great things recently when it comes to equality type things um like you know letting people use the bathroom or whatever and they were the first ones to kind of say like whenever the bathroom controversy for transgender people came out they were one of the first people to speak out and say we don't care Mm -hmm. um but they also now don't label it like girls versus boys they just label it kids yeah so for toy the toy section maybe for the clothing but like for the toy section they don't label it anything that's fantastic yeah 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 one doll i hate though is brad stalls those (laughs) 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 they just aren't terrible influences i feel like but it's fine that's my my own beef with the brad stalls you shouldn't be calling your child a brat and there's just so many things like you would never have a boy brat like brats. Yeah, and they brats kind of doll. and they kind of are like not that like it's fine that the clothing is short, but like they don't they don't have careers. At least Barbie, even though Barbie does have a lot of stereotypes with the like with being skinny and body tub, at least Barbies have careers. <laughs> and it's not just these skirts and that's it. You know? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with skirts but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like barbie can be a vet one day and then a dentist the next yeah that's where right. brats are just like what are you doing although i will say barbie is a bit of an over sexualized you know vet or dentist i or think nurse. they're trying like, to be better though are they they've made a conscious effort oh yeah they came out with a commercial that just showed boys playing with barbie dolls oh cool fantastic so they're trying i think yeah. they got some new marketing people so they're trying. trying to switch up cool cool so we do one good thing though yeah so kens what's your good thing for the week um i would say branching out and getting new glasses because i was very close to picking these frames that were like the same as the ones i had already for like Mm. four years and the whole reason i kind of wanted to go well one my vision has gone to poop like during the past (laughs) six months um but um i also was like i need to spice it up and i almost picked out the same frames basically and then the guy who boris was a guy helping That's me a shop fantastic name he's russian and boris <laughs> was like oh no you look gorgeous in these and they're pretty different and i'm like okay boris i'll take your word for it <laughs> i want to see them so bad <laughs> I'll, I'll put up a thing here okay, i'll yeah. show them right now and then we'll put up a link right now so do do all right do, let's do, see if boris knows what he's talking boris about knew what he was talking about did I delete him? Let me see. I'm pretty sure I sent him to Chels. What color are they? They're these. Oh, oh they are cute. cute. How, how would you describe them? Do you feel like um, they look like 60s glasses? Uh, like 60s librarian. And then yeah. they're dark on the top and then clear on the bottom. Yeah, Is that a gold these- frame? Like around the bottom? Yeah, and yeah. then these were the ones I was going to get. Oh, Meg, no. Are those similar? Those are similar to yeah. what you already have. Boris made a good call. Boris, you did a really good job. Where did you go? Like a Pearl Vision. Oh, oh that's it? Yeah, yeah. In Issaquah. Oh, nice. cool. Shout outs to the Pearl Vision in Issaquah. We're not sponsored, but I wouldn't be much to be sponsored by Pearl Vision. <laughs> you look fly in those glasses, and Boris did a good job. Okay, <laughs> shouts out to Boris randomly. Okay, so what's your good thing, Amanda? Um, I mentioned it earlier, but, uh, you know, I just got a new bike and it's a really cute mint green townie. So it's uh, very vintage looking, would look perfect with a basket. I keep joking to Jeff that I'm going to try and teach our dog Fritz how to ride in the basket. Toto. Um, he's a bit skeptical, right? (laughs) Yeah. Fritz Um, does actually look like Toto. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also gets told that he looks like, um, the Grinch's dog. Oh yeah. yeah, He's he's so cute. He's super friendly. Um, so I would like to get him some goggles and, you know, put him in the basket. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited just to, uh, check out more of, uh, our hood on bike and my husband really likes pedal biking. So I'm excited to be able to catch up with him because my previous bike was, 
um, really old and it was a used bike and the gears didn't shift. So I feel now like I can actually keep up. In fact, I beat him on a race recently. Oh, cool. Oh, girl, get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit of a head start, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited just to be doing more cycling in the neighborhood. Cool. Yeah. Cool. My good thing is my birthday this week was Mm -hmm. really one of the best birthdays I've had. Really? Yes, it was so good. And so um, I'm just excited because Amanda got me this astrology Bible, and I want to read it and tell everybody what their signs mean and everything. (laughs) After this, this is what I'm going to make you do. After this, after we're done, I'm going to make you open it and read our uh, signs. So I'm really excited, and I can start telling people what their signs mean. Cool. Well, it's been a good week. So what's our quote for this week, Megan, since Kenzie's a terrible looking up at quotes? So So this one was kind of funny. We found it this morning. It's from a man, William Golding. And he says, I think women are foolish to pretend they are equal to men. They are far superior and always have been. (laughs) We don't think we're superior, but it's just a really funny quote. It's just cute. (laughs) Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe on the platform that you prefer for uh, listening to podcasts. Make sure to rate us because that's important. And follow us on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook, which Megan runs. And she does a killer job. Our Instagram is really fun. Our Twitter... People tweet back at me or something. But Megan, on Instagram, Megan and I are both bad at Twitter. I'm just going to put you under the bus, too. I, both of us, that's not our thing. But we have one and we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> so tweet at us and we'll tweet more. Yeah. And if somebody has some tips about Twitter, because we will oh, throw them. Give them to us because Girls, for some fellas. reason we're good at Instagram, but Twitter we're really slacking. Uh, yeah, I just have nothing to say. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for listening. We love you. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.